Hey, welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah. I'm Brad at Pulse Music. At Pulse Music. Um, put a little logo in there. Check out Pulse. Pulse Music. West 29th Home Street. Of Going Off Track podcast. Yes. Shout out to <laughs> Pulse Music. Thank you so much for letting us use your beautiful studio. And uh, I'm a little annoyed today. You're annoyed. <laughs> I uh, I have to get off. I have to get off Facebook. I think it's like just. I don't know. I just think it's a terrible thing at this point. Facebook. I just think or Twitter. Fa- Facebook. Okay. I mean, I, I just feel like Facebook. Uh, I, so let me tell you about this experience I had. <laughs> uh, I, and I think it's like a perfect example of why it's just not for me anymore. Okay. Uh, I have a friend who's also a music journalist. I've known her for 15 years, maybe more. Great person. Um, and she wrote something basically about like mansplaining. Uh, she wrote an article about um, uh, Midnight Oil and uh, wrote this thing. And then basically a, a guy responded to her and was like, basically like, well, actually, like they have been always been political. I don't know the exact content, but basically it was this guy was like sort of correcting her. Right. Um, which I'm sure happens all the time. And I'm not and never at any point did I say that this didn't happen or negated this. But I left some, she posted this thing about it and we're friends and we like do the same job. So I like wrote this comment. I was like, I was like, uh, like this happens to me all the time too. If it's any consolation, like I'm sure this guy like lives in his mom's basement, like just like, haha, whatever, who cares? Um, ne- it was like one of those things I wrote it, like never think about it again. Cause it's like when you're writing about music or like. I think anything people are passionate about, like you're going to get people like who want to share. There's their, a lot of geeks. There's a lot of geeks. Yeah. Um, and is it different if you're a woman? Do some guys maybe think you're less informed? Sure. I'm sure that happens, but I think it happens across the board too. Right. Um, this apparently is a controversial opinion because I wrote this thing, never thought about it. And then I got this notification. It's like, someone's responded to your thing. And I was like, that's weird. And I get this response. It's like, so condescending like oh thank you man male jur- music journalist for letting us know what it's like to be a female wait this isn't from your friend though no this is from some some person i don't i don't know <laughs> and i'm just like what and then some other woman writes back like like yeah tell him and like was like this is why uh this is even this guy thinks he's an ally, but he doesn't even have a clue that he's like perpetuating this thing. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, this is insanity. Like you of all people, dude. It's so hilarious. yeah. And I was like, I like, and I understand the mansplaining thing. And I understand that, like, I don't totally understand it because I am a man and I'm sure it's annoying. Uh, but, but I also think that like, I, I didn't say like, I think it'd be different if I was like, actually, this guy's right. Or I was like, actually, this guy wasn't mansplaining for you. This is why I was like, right. yeah, I get I get weird people correcting me on stuff or not agreeing with my opinion in this job all the time, like commiserating with a friend with the same job over a shared experience. And these these women like just totally freaked yeah, out. They on were me. the ones that were out of line, man. Well, there's I'm, no way that you can be. I But I was I was I, that's the thing. I was, uh, I was like, I'm not saying this doesn't happen to you, but uh but you can't say it doesn't happen to me either. And I'm not saying because it it happens to me less, it's not as valid. Like, I, I was just so confused. And then I was like, I'm going to defend myself. And so I thought of all the stuff to say. And then I was like, went through and looked at, like, their posts. And everything was just, like, so negative. Right. And just, like, 
ugh, this guy did this to me or like uh I- i'm here everyone's so entitled like and it's just it's just extremists it's called extremists. honestly dude i felt and this is gonna sound like sort of hippie but i at first i was angry and i wanted to like lash back and then i was like I was like, then I was like questioning myself. And then eventually, then once I looked at it, I was like, I was like, I have compassion towards these people. Like, like these people are like trying, like what they think they're doing is right. And like, maybe there's some other stuff going on in their lives and I'm not gonna get involved in this. And I just like logged off and I was like, I got to take a break from this. And you're the bigger I let it go. I mean, (laughs) you know, and it's like, uh, and like, I understand like, you know, this stuff is sensitive, but I just feel like you can't, you can't just like make these like sweeping generalizations about people and like put them in these, you know, call someone, you know, allude that they're a misogynist or something. It's like any cause. If you want people to take it seriously, dude, don't, you know, don't have such a hair trigger on your like responses because like, yeah, they've, you know. Those ladies have made an enemy. No, but that's the thing. They haven't. <laughs> it's fine. Like, I would love to, like, I would love to sit down with someone like that and be like, okay, explain to me why you were offended by this. Right. Like, because I don't understand it. And, like, I feel like I have, like, a decent grasp on a lot of this stuff. Right. But, um, I, uh, yeah, it was just so strange. I, I was, like, just very confused. And, uh, uh, I sent a message to my friend, even. I was like, is this, like hey just so you know like i didn't and she was like yeah I know. like you know it's it's not it's never someone like that like knows you it's always just well, someone like but, maybe she could have come to your defense <clears throat> yeah but it's like it's just such not a big deal right. i mean it, it i mean it it's i mean maybe it's a big enough deal that i'm talking about it like four days <laughs> later but uh yeah i just i'm glad like i it's it didn't need to be like a whole thing but it's it's just I feel like this kind of stuff happens so much now. Right. And it's like, um, it's just hard to know what to say, what not to say. And, uh, yeah. And it really bugged me. And then, like I said, and then I felt compassion about it. And now, um, now I feel not mad about it. I'm kind of letting it go. (sighs) Thank you for listening to this rant. Anyways, today in the podcast, amazing amazing guest yeah this was really fun oh my god <laughs> busy phillips uh <clears throat> i met busy uh through my sister vanessa um she's uh you might know her from a show called freaks and geeks she was on uh she's been in a million other things she was on uh cougar town right she was uh she said in this podcast she's best known for uh what movie was she in for white chicks for white chicks yeah she's in white chicks and yeah most recently she is in probably my favorite show on television vice principals uh second season just started september 17th so it just came out and uh it looks good it's good i have dude. it's the best it looks pretty hilarious yeah you could watch there's only nine episodes in the first season i think nine in the second so you could watch it all and all like, right i'm gonna have to check it out yeah so you should check it out um and yeah busy uh I met through Vanessa, we became friendly, and then she came through town doing, she's doing like Good Morning America, or good, with something with <laughs> Ryan Seacrest. She did uh, Kelly and Ryan. Yeah, so she did Kelly and Ryan, and um, I was just texting her. It was like, the, yeah, I think it was the same day. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, she had like, she had to get up early the next day, and I was like, can you please do my podcast, and she showed up. Um, she's, uh, I mean, she's one of those people, she blows into the room, and you're kind of like, this is going to be a party. Yeah. <laughs> 
thinks, yeah. She just kind of like sets everybody at ease. Like, yes, she's fun. She's fun. She's a fun person. She's great. There's yeah. definitely something here for everybody. Yes. Before uh, we launch into it, we just do want to once again prop our Venmo account. We're trying to get a few more donations to cover our server costs. So. If you have a Venmo account and you want to shoot us a buck or two or more, um, it's at Off Track, and that's the handle. Uh, you'll see my name, Brad Worrell, will pop up just to confirm that you're at the right place. But we're trying to find some new incentives to yes, and if you have to a, shoot people back, yeah. you do give more money. Oh, I wanted to add one more thing, too. Uh, Busy has her own podcast uh, with Steve Agee, I believe, and it's called We're No Doctors, and it's very good. It's on Feral Audio. Uh, um, I also have a podcast on Feral Audio called Drifter Sympathy, and that <laughs> season three starts in October. Okay, ladies and Let's gentlemen, do it. Busy Phillips. It's going on All right. Okay. Do you guys want to talk more about Moby? <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> uh, busy, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for I having me. I can't believe me. this worked out. It's really weird. Yeah. But that's how life is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it just works out. And you came from the Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest show. Today. I don't think that's ever happened with one of our guests. Really? Yeah. This is I don't so think shocking. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? No, I co-hosted yesterday and today. I filled in for Kelly Ripa. She's on vacation with her family. And I did it with Ryan Seacrest. I've done it a bunch of times. Like, th- I think it was like three years ago was the first time I did it. I don't know how it happened but they just asked if i wanted to fill in for kelly ripa while she was on vacation so i did it with michael strahan when he was on the show a bunch of times and then um he left sort of you know famously last year and then kelly ripa had all these like people come in and fill in be her co-hosts and i did it a bunch of times with kelly it was super fun and then i just did it twice with ryan seacrest it was good do you prep for that stuff no you can't you can't it's just talking and okay. I can talk to anyone about anything, so. Yeah, and so we met, we took a car to a party together. Yeah, was that the first time we met or did we meet at Jamie Lewis's show? No, that was my friend Miles, <laughs> That wasn't I think. you, but that I still think me. it was you. Yeah, you keep thinking it's me. I wish I was there. I was out of town. <laughs> Jonah, are you sure you weren't at that show? <laughs> Maybe. What if I was there and we, no, but we. In like the Sims alternate universe version of our lives, you were there. Yes, I wish I was there. That was the Rabbit Fur Coat show. It was the Rabbit Fur Coat show. I had like the yeah. craziest night that night because um, we were only in town for like 48 hours or something like that. My husband, Mark and I, and I managed to get us tickets to Hamilton with like the original cast like it was like before they'd won the Tonys but it was everybody knew that it was like the thing to do and I got us two tickets to Hamilton that night and then Lewis has been a friend of ours for years and found out we were in New York we didn't even know she was playing because like you know how it is like when you're friends with people in bands or whatever like you don't ever know what their schedule is or what they're doing she found out we were in town and she texted like hey dudes I'm playing this show um, tonight and I was like yes we're in so we went to Hamilton at 7 or whatever sat through the whole thing which was very transformative in the moment like it felt like a big fucking deal and then we took like got out like ran out of the theater hopped into a cab and made it uptown for the rabbit fur coat show and we like made most we made it for most of the show it was that's amazing pretty nuts yeah it was a wild night. Yeah. But, but you weren't there. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Yeah, I like the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we took a cab to a party together, mm-hmm. and we were talking about like turmeric and collagen powder. Mm-hmm. I'm big, big on that. Yeah. What's your, what's your kind of like? What are you into now? Like goji berries? What's your? I always, I hate a goji berry. <laughs> yeah, Jonah, I hate it. Really? I don't want to eat it. I, it doesn't taste good. I could eat it in other stuff, but I've tried to just snack on them raw, and they're Mm-mm. too like bitter for it's me. It's disgusting. Um, I do. So I'm a. I do bulletproof coffee. I believe right. in that deeply in the bulletproof lifestyle. Um, can you can you I've explain like, what like MCT oil and all that? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't even really know. But so I do. So in my coffee every morning, I do collagen protein powder. I do 12 ounces of Bulletproof coffee and I use the Bulletproof brand because it's mold free. Whatever. And then I do... You know, it's very controversial. Is it? Yeah, because they're sort of saying that they did a bunch of tests on it and they were like, they're all mold free and like actually like some... Whatever. Just use no, no, whatever no. I want to know. I want to know. Supposedly that it's... it's. I don't know. Supposedly it's that's not necessarily... Like it doesn't... Supposedly you can use other kinds of coffee and it's well, the same. I will say this. I mean, I have used other kinds of coffee. Can you tell the difference? I like the taste of Bulletproof yeah, coffee. I've never tried it. Have you guys tried it? Uh, no, it's just a brand of coffee. It's a brand, but it's it, a brand. Yeah, supposedly it doesn't have... The, the, like, with the butter... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the but, but there's and... but there's like an actual... Before you add all the other stuff into it, there's a there's a brand of beans. Right. That the Bulletproof, Bulletproof. Uh, okay. brand. I don't know if I've had that specific that brand. Sub- Supposedly, but wait, you guys, I would just, I just went to Turks and Caicos two weeks ago and I was staying at the Amman resort, which have you guys ever stayed at an Amman? No, okay, I've never like heard the, of it. What? No. Okay. First of all, they're like the fanciest places in the world. It's, and I've never stayed at one and I'm super fancy, and, but this is the first time I've ever stayed at one. They're so expensive. It's like prohibitively expensive. Okay. We were only there for 48 hours. This is why we could afford it. But in the morning, and I was a little bit just like going with it. Like there were like $36 margaritas. Like our margaritas, <laughs> each margarita was 36 fucking dollars. It's not a pitcher. I mean, no, it was <laughs> one singular margarita. So anyway, needless to say... In the morning, I was looking at the menu, and I was like, I'm just going for it. It's fine. I'm not even thinking about money. We're here. It's 48 hours. They have this coffee there that is, I feel like it's like $40 a cup of coffee, and they brew it at your table in like a C C cup thing, whatever. They grind the beans special. When you say C cup, is it is the you know coffee the, filter held between the C cup? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, Brad, it is. Um, but it's wait, what is it called? It's it's coffee beans that are eaten by a civet, which I don't even oh, know what a I, civet I, is. And then and then it's pooped out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then they and, collect the beans. Yes, and then they collect the beans yeah. from the pooped out civet. Yeah, a civet's like a little like rodent, like a squirrel. I got some of that in Colombia. They sell the beans. There. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Civet coffee? Yeah. So you had poop coffee? You guys, I ate the fucking poop coffee. <laughs> I drank it. it and was it, it was very smooth. Yeah. I, <laughs> I found it to be delightful. Yeah. I mean, it I don't... was really cheap in Colombia because I think that's where it comes from. So you could just buy it there. Really? Yeah, because I was gonna buy a bunch and then try to sell it here. Was, like <laughs> was that 100... that was like a that was like a scheme you were yeah, gonna run? But, but then it just mm-hmm. seemed too complicated. 
Okay, yes. Part partially digested coffee cherries eaten and defecated <laughs> by the Asian palm civet. You guys, I have to yeah. say it was really nice. The enzymes the enzymes seep into the beans. Yeah. Making shorter peptides and more free amino acids, I guess. I don't know. But it did, it was very smooth coffee. But to me, the Bulletproof brand coffee beans, I ha- had a similar, it has it has a similar vibe in it. Interesting. It's like very smooth coffee. So the idea is with Bulletproof coffee that you get like a steady kind of caffeine fix yes. as opposed to like the the rush and the crash. True, I really? guess. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. What? I don't know. You put the you, so I do two tablespoons of um, grass fed butter or ghee. I usually use grass fed butter because ghee kind of grosses me out. I don't know why. Um, I do the collagen protein powder, which I do think has changed my skin and made me softer <laughs> as a person. Um, and then you have to do the MCT oil in addition because you need the oil and the butter together for some reason for like the thing to work in your brain. Yeah. I don't know. How long have you been doing it for? Since um, November, I and think. This is for okay. a coffee enema. No, you don't. You don't use it as an enema. <laughs> you, you drink, drink this, it, and the more you blend it in a blender, and then you drink it. And it's kind of like a latte. My Does it taste it just, like coffee? It tastes like a latte, kind of. It it's just, really good. It just seems to me like the butter. I feel like would feel so heavy. It's not. It's not. No, I swear, it's really not. Okay. So I drink that. It at like pretty good. It tastes delicious. It's I drink it like at like milkshakey. I would say more like a latte. Yeah. It's a hot. It's hot. So you drink that in, in, as soon as you wake up. Yeah, I drink that within an hour of waking. So like between six thirty and seven thirty in the morning, and then I don't eat until one thirty. Okay. I'll eat lunch. Um, and I've recently sort of been on vacation, so I'm kind of eating more carbohydrates just because pizza, you know. But um, if I'm not on vacation, I try to like keep it very strict well you have a hardcore workout technique because after (laughs) we met i started following you on instagram oh yeah oh okay do you watch the stories i do watch the stories yeah and busy does this Uh thing called lefit where it's lekfit lekfit (laughs) (laughs) where i don't know what it is but it looks like there's like maybe a trampoline there's a trampoline Uh uh-huh she is just like drenched in sweat. Yeah, I sweat more than anyone ever thought sweating was possible. Um, so you jump on a trampoline and you do all these like choreographed moves on a tramp. And then you do that for like two or three songs, basically. So what, like 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes? So there's an instructor that's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. There's this girl, Lauren. She developed the technique. Okay. Um, does she let you pick your own music? No, she does. She does. She does the playlists. Um so you jump on the trampoline for like two to three songs to warm warm up, but you're like super warm. Then you do weights, leg lifts, and like arms for a couple songs, three, four songs. Then you get back on the trampoline for two songs. And or no, yeah, you yeah, you do the break and it's arms, legs, maybe three or four songs in the middle, maybe four songs in the middle, and then you get back on the trampoline and you finish it out with three songs on the tramp. And then you get down and you like cool down. It's really hard. It's crazy how much you sweat. How often do you do this? I do it every single day. Wow. Yeah. It's nuts. But I've found it to be incredibly helpful to my brain and also my body. And I did think it was funny when you were doing that story and you were like, some people are like, why are you showing yourself sweating? And I thought that was also so... That's like the funniest thing about the internet to me. It's like people choose to watch something and then they want to like complain about it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm confused by a lot of the internet, but I like so much of the internet too. Yeah. Um, And I know that I've been a little particularly lucky. Like 
people are fairly kind to me and not super terrible. Although that's coming. Like, I know it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just around the corner. I don't know. I, it might be. It might be on 28th. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that's the street around the corner from here. Um, um, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's coming. I, I just, I'm, I'm hoping to stave it off as long as possible. I'm very sensitive and I don't know if I can handle too much, um, of people telling me that I suck. You know what I mean? Like I would maybe crumple and then just quit. Well, I think you have like a, you've done such like good projects though. Like I feel like you've had a really good track record of like picking. Oh, in terms of acting? Yeah. 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 I think I have. I mean, it, it's partially not been by my choice, but just, I think that I've been really lucky and also like the, who I am and the kind of actor I am speaks to like weirder things. So that's, those are the things that have chosen me. So I've been lucky to be a part of those weird things that have had these sort of cult followings and things. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But like, but then you look at something like White Chicks, which was like at the time universally panned and super fucking lame to be a part of. And now is kind of cool. Like, yeah. I mean, that lives on. Like 15 years later, people, I mean, this is not an exaggeration. Almost every single day, someone comes up to me talk, wants, wanting to talk about white chicks. What, <laughs> white chicks. What, yeah, do you, what do you get recognized for the most? White chicks. You say? Really? 100%. Uh-huh. More than Freaks and Geeks? Yes. That yeah. is mind-blowing to me. Yeah, it's mind-blowing to me too, especially <laughs> like considering, and I'm not kidding, like when white chicks was on, when white chicks came out, it was like embarrassing that I was a part of it. Like it was universally hated. Critics were so mean about it. People, it just was like in the industry, especially like in Hollywood, it bought me no sort of cred in any sense. It was like, I don't know. It was, it was sad that I had done it. Like I felt embarrassed that I had taken that part. And now 15 years later, like people, kids even like it just keeps finding audiences um and when i was co-hosting ryan and with ryan today ansel eggert eggert was on it from baby driver you know the kid who's fault in our stars yeah, yeah yeah he's probably like what 23 years old yeah 20 early 20s he's early 20s yeah. the kid came out onto the program and the first thing he said was like i can't believe i get to talk to the girl from white chicks <laughs> and i was like okay well you know what happened I cool think it's it that kid movie was picked up by a lot of cable channels for sure it's and like on comedy central on the rec yeah yeah um but it's but but it's on those com- comedy d- channels. It's all like on cable channels all the time because people want to watch it. Totally. When's the <laughs> last like, time you watched it? I have not seen it in fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably see it. You should. I Do know. You watch things that you're in? No, not really. Not yeah. really. I'm always interested in that answer. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Some people do. Some people don't. I don't know. I think it's a person to person thing. But. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like. It's complicated. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I've watched a lot of Cougar Town. I've definitely missed episodes. I mean, that was like the show I was on the most. So there are like a hundred and however many, 25 episodes of that. I haven't seen all of the episodes of that. Dawson's Creek, I certainly didn't watch all of because I hated being on the show. And so I was like sort of a miserable person at the time. And, and also like, 
Um, DVR didn't exist, so it wasn't like right. I could record it and fast forward to my parts. You didn't buy the VHS tapes. I have, I have oh. the DVDs, oh. and actually, it's so funny because um, I saved them because I thought like before before we knew that streaming was going to exist. You know what I mean? I was like, I should save these so that at some point I can show them to my kids. You know what I mean? Like, I had no Makes idea. Hey, yeah. Hang on to them. You never know. Yeah, hang on. I'm going to hang that on to them. That internet thing could, could, could end any day. By the way, um, do you know what just happened to me? Did you see this via the internet, Jenna? I don't know. Okay, you guys know Ben Lee, right? The musician? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so his first solo album was called... Breathing Tornadoes. I think it was like 99 or 2000. And it was a seminal album for me in my like... Wait, his first album? Well, not from Noise Addict. Okay. Like his first solo album yeah, okay. after... Because he's been a musician since he was like he was, 13. Yeah. So his first solo album... By the way, don't fuck with me on my Ben Lee trivia <laughs> because I was a huge fan. But his first like <laughs> solo album was called Breathing Tornadoes. And it was such a seminal album for me. I was in my late teens, early 20s, and I fucking loved it. And he had this song, Cigarettes Will Kill You, which is like, I maintain like a great fucking pop song. It's awesome. It's so great. So... I don't know. I got like a weird bee in my bonnet a couple weeks ago. Like, I want to listen to Cigarettes Will Kill You. I want to hear that song. And it's not streaming. It's not available anywhere. You have to have it on CD. Like, it's the only way to hear it. Uh, I know yeah. Benley. Like, I'm friends with him in Los Angeles. So I email him. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I need to hear Cigarettes Will Kill You. Can I, Is how do I get a copy of the album? And he's like, yeah, Universal and whatever his other, whatever the other label, they won't release it streaming. Let <laughs> me see if I can get, like, a file. Let me see if I can, like, upload it to my computer and do a Dropbox for you so that you can have it. I'm like, that's insane. So he, but he did. And then I told my followers, like, listen, if you want this album, just email Ben Lee and he'll Dropbox it to you. <laughs> and then I guess they, they're going to start streaming it. Universal, like, that's great. Contacted awesome. him. And, our, but it was like a case in point where had I not sold all of my CDs like five years ago, cause I was like, fuck this. Who needs this bullshit in their life? I would have had it. Yeah. I would have been able to access it. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I would have been able to listen to it because I don't have a CD player <laughs> anywhere. Do you? I don't anymore. I do. You do? Where? Here and at home. I have one. Just well, in geeks case. like Steven and I, we rip all our CDs to <laughs> hard drives. All mine, yeah. I haven't ripped mine. Like, and then we put them in storage. I have like 3,000 in my parents' basement and they want me to get rid of them and I just don't know what to do. You could hire a company, I guess, or you could do it yourself to put them onto a hard drive, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Just, I finally did like did that with all mine. I got rid of all the jewel cases. I just have them in those like yeah. Case I could. Books. That's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, I you did, did that. That yeah, takes up a lot artwork. less space, huh? You did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why. For what though, <laughs> man? I have this fantasy that my kids someday are gonna go through the way I go through albums, you know, and like go through the CDs and. Maybe there'll be a CD player that works yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I know. I mean, or at least they can see the artwork. You know. Yeah, I know. There's part it's of me that so feels that way, but like, I'm also just such a monumental waste of space. You're right. You're right. See, you're probably the smart one here because I, 
I don't have any smart space. one until you want to listen to fucking <laughs> cigarettes will kill you, and yeah, there's no way to get a hold of it. Hey, there yeah. you go. Not everyone. It still took way too long, but I did have like a really nice moment of like re-listening to the entire CD. And what, like loving it. What else have you been listening? Because I know you you are into like a lot of kind of indie stuff. I am into music. Out. Yeah, I like that new Alex G situation that just came out. Right. I saw him open for Porches. Oh, you did. That was a good show. Was that cool? I love the Porches record. Yeah, you know I don't that? know. I don't know who any of these people are. Um, you don't? Why not? I thought this was a music yeah, podcast. It is, but I just listen to like punk bands and stuff. Oh, really? I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> um. <laughs> Like, I never really knew about that. I only pretended to, so boys would like me when I was in high school. Um, you know what I, you know what I, you know what I love is I love Rostam. Like, I'm obsessed with Rostam. I'm friends with him. Oh, really? That's a good record, too. That record's great. And he's so cool. You know who Rostam is? No. He was from, he's from Vampire Weekend. And he was the drummer in Vampire Weekend? He did the record with, um, Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton Lighthouser. Okay. Yeah. The Walkman. Yeah. Okay. That's probably like my favorite album of last year the album's so awesome it's amazing i saw them play at the masonic temple in at the hollywood forever cemetery (sighs) it was like that sounds awesome it was like a very very cool small show um and i think that's my favorite album from last year is the is the rostam and hamilton lighthouser um i had a dream right a thousand times yeah the melody of that song is like total earworm um it's so good and then um, I love James Vincent McMorrow. Do you know him? Yeah, I know the name. He's Irish. Okay. He's a singer, songwriter. Um, he's got a cool... I feel like James Vincent McMorrow is like a minute away from someone like... Um, I'm not good with techno people, but someone like Diplo or somebody like taking him and remixing him into a vibe and then making him like a huge star. Do you know what I mean? So he's got that real like R&B, but like high falsetto voice that he can go to. And his melodies are really chill. I'm into him. We just saw him at um, Brooklyn Steel. Last okay, week, I haven't or been two there yet. Ago. It's new. It's very new. It's That's new. Like every show is booked there. No? Yeah, I noticed that. It's crazy. And I was out of town. I'm so bummed. I missed Right and Rabbit there. That was yeah, one. I love them. And then LCD did like f- ten days there or something. Yeah. It was something insane. I think he's doing another. Room yeah, I feel like he's oh, playing he there like every day. Remember when he retired? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember he was like, "I'm not playing anymore, guys. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm I, out. I'm gonna open this like wine bar and cheese shop in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, never mind. Here I am. <laughs> Um, I love them though. I love LCD. I've always loved them. Um, and then I like, I like Frank Ocean, Song of the Summer. Um, I don't know. I'm like looking through my phone at what I'm my listening new, to. My new summer jam is Mac DeMarco. No record. I love that record. No. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> no. I have it Denied. right here. But let me tell you something. Here's what happened to me. Sometimes this happens. Oh, Perfume Genius. He's my fave. I'm obsessed with that album. No Shape. I only know like the whatever the single is. Oh, it. it's fucking great. Yeah, Perfume Genius, and then my you know very tight friend Ed Drosty's band Grizzly Bear okay. has their album coming out, which I've heard in its entirety, and I can vouch for. And I'm actually going to shoot the video. Oh, nice. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I am. <laughs> um, so there you go. Um, wait, here's what happened with Mac DeMarco though. I saw him at Coachella and his bro vibes were seriously bumming me out. <laughs> and I may have been a little stoned, to be honest, but like he just felt like such a bro. <laughs> and I couldn't get down. I could see that. He's like from that like D 
Do you know his stuff? Uh, not really. I've seen I the think name he's around. from like that Philly Kurt Vile. Okay. Well, I people. love Kurt Vile. I like yeah. Kurt Vile too. Dude, Kurt Vile just played an Irish <coughs> pub in Long Island on Friday. <laughs> really? How That's weird is that? Intense. That is weird. Yeah. Super weird. But Mac DeMarco's new record, you should check it out. It's the 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 content, lyrical content is kind of a bummer. He but. has that like the song about that look like my father. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I can't it's a think good of it. It's a, <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a good summer jam. All right. I'm not on board with Mac DeMarco, but <laughs> that's not to say he's not valid in some respects. And I mean, you're certainly a bro. So like maybe you like bro out with Mac DeMarco. <laughs> like maybe I'm just too cool. much of like a, well, maybe I have too many lady vibes from Mac DeMarco to really speak to my soul. Um, <laughs> oh, poor Mac DeMarco. Um, but yeah, that's, a, I mean, that's a lot of music. Yeah. Perfume Genius is really special, though. Do you listen? Do you guys listen to other podcasts? Uh, I do. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. Do you listen to Song Song Exploder? No, I do. You do. I love do. that podcast. Listen to the Perfume Genius Song oh, Exploder. It's really good. Do you listen to podcasts besides this one? No, I don't listen to any podcasts. Really? Ever? <laughs> I do them. <laughs> <laughs> I show up for them when people ask me to be yeah. on them, and then I never listen. I don't usually listen to this one unless I have to like edit stuff or. That's so yeah. So that's like the equivalent, the actor equivalent of like yeah. watching yourself on on television. I guess. Yeah. I just started a podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> with Steve Ag. Do you know really? the comedian Steve yeah, Ag? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're doing a podcast called "We're No Doctors" for. Oh God, I don't remember <laughs> the name of the company that's releasing it. Is it Feral Audio? It's Feral Audio. I do a podcast on Feral Audio too. Yeah. A different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we like have recorded a bunch and I think they're going to release them soon. Nice. But just because Steve and I bonded over the fact that like we both have all these medical ailments all the time and like we always think we're hypochondriacs. Like we always think <laughs> we're dying. So <laughs> we're talking about that kind of stuff. Is it like car talk? People just call in for like, I, medical That would advice? be genius. Yeah. Maybe eventually that'll get, <laughs> it'll get to that place. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, we should do a call-in show. You should. For sure. <laughs> you could for diagnose sure. people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole point. Like, we're no doctors. We, like, more, like, talk about medical maladies and then, like, tell the audience what we think they should do, but don't take our advice because we're no doctors, so we can't be held responsible. I had this insane thing happen, like, two weeks ago. I was on the subway, and Dr. Drew was <gasps> on the I know subway. Dr. Drew. I know Dr. Drew. Yes, and? <laughs> All right, what I've learned so far is that you know literally every yeah, single person. Yeah, you really mention anybody that you don't know. You guys, I know everyone. <laughs> and I wanted to go up and, because I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast uh-huh. a lot, and Joe Rogan's always like, Dr. Drew's, like, always spreading misinformation about weed. He, Dr. Drew's super anti-weed. And I was like, I should go up and be like, you know, like you're wrong about weed. And I was super high and I was like so paranoid. I was like, I can't do it. And I was like, wait, is he right? And wait, then- is he right? Wait, okay, okay, anecdotally. So, wait, that's so crazy. Wait, I just flew with weed for the first time, which oh like God. I've never done before. And I felt, and I was like flying with my children and their nanny. And I was like, what if I get. But I it think was, they don't care. I think well, they're I, really had my, I f- literally had my like medical marijuana card with me. I like read this High Times article that like told you what to do. I only do edibles and like my oh, edibles. Like, you're fine, right? So I only I really? was flying. Yeah, yeah. I was flying with my edible. 
I'm very chill, guys. It's not like I'm getting like super wasted anyway. I really only use it for anxiety, which I talk about all the time. And by the way, this fucking pen thing that I have, my dose pen, is like legitimately no THC. It's like all <laughs> CBD. Yeah. And like the lowest level of THC that is possible. Um. So yeah, I flew with my like little pen and my edibles and I had my card with me and nothing happened. Yeah. And I, was like I went to a place where there was legal weed and I was like, hypothetically if I was gonna fly with something, what would be the best? And they were like they were like, just so you know, we can't advise you to fly with anything, but no one has ever been arrested at this airport for flying with it. Well here's what okay, so the if people are interested, there's a re, like just Google it. There's a really good High Times article about just like Google flying with marijuana or whatever. Um where he like just breaks it down. And those are people that are I mean, I am like I legitimately just use like high C B D, low THC for anxiety. Um so I'm not like getting super baked or whatever, but like <laughs> they tell you exactly what the what the deal is. And if you're flying out of a place like Los Angeles or Colorado or a place where it is legal, you can fly out with like anything as long as you also have your card with you. What is it legal here in Mar- no. in New York? No. Why not? What the fuck? I don't know. It's so dumb. It should be. I mean, by the way, it should be legal mm-hmm. everywhere in the. Country. It will be eventually. It's, it's decriminalized just gonna, yeah. or something? Yeah, it's decriminalized. Like, yeah, you can't get... But in- you can't get, like, a medical license for it? Not yet. No. My medical license was, like, the dopest transaction of all time. <laughs> I got it online. <laughs> Someone <laughs> called me. I was like, I suffer from anxiety, which is very true. Does and it help your anxiety? A hundred percent. Yeah, it's, like, changed my life. Really? Well, I used to... I had a prescription for Xanax and... Out of van, and both of those things freak me out because I feel like anytime someone dies from prescription drugs, it's from like a combination of yeah. like out of van Xanax <laughs> and like some, whatever, something. And I have children, and also I always would be like, I would have these horrible panic attacks, and then I wouldn't take my Xanax or Ativan because I would have panic that if I took it, something bad would happen to one of my kids and I wouldn't be able to drive them to the hospital or know what to do and I would be like too chill to like take it seriously. (laughs) Right? So I would like have panic on top of panic about taking drugs to help me with my panic. And then a friend of mine in Los Angeles was like, have you tried this really high CBD low THC like edible stuff? It's for anxiety, whatever. I'm like, no, but I will. And I did. And as soon as I tried it, it like changed everything. So what's CBD? CBD is essentially like the they've been able to separate the THC from the CBD. And there are two parts of the marijuana plant. I'm like, I hope I'm explaining it right. Again, I'm no doctor. But um, the CBD is like all of the good effects of mar- the marijuana plant, but without like the psychotropics. So you don't get like oh, this is what I you don't get like hot, for. man. They're, they're you just like, you just like, get like chilled out. Yeah, yeah. Like you of, get like you get like like my I calm down. Like my body calms down. Like all of the things that you know like cause panic. Like my heart. Like I slow down. I just slow down. But I don't have. I'm not high. So this the THC is the stuff that gives you like right. the psychotropic effects where you like feel like fucking high, whatever. So it's really low THC. And you need a little bit from what I've read. And like they sell straight up CBD. Right. Like they at sell Whole like Foods. The oil, right? Yeah. CBD oil. But 
you need a little bit of the THC in order to kind of like activate right, the, right. the CBD. I mean, it, and that's been my experience as well. Like I've had the straight CBD oil, but you need a little bit of the THC to like fully activate it in your body. So you just get like majorly chilled, <laughs> majorly chilled out, but you're not high. It's right. not like nothing else is slower. I don't feel like, I don't know. This, yeah, I was, I mean, I've, I was, I was telling, I've said this before, but it's like, I, I don't smoke weed anymore. And it's cause it's too, I think spent too much time with these fucking hip hop heads who had this chronic shit that like literally would make me feel like I was tripping. Yeah. Acid. And yes, then, yes, yes. And after, and after that, after I'd <laughs> completely written off weed. I, I, and I told them, I told the, I told this guy, I'm like, dude, if they just, if I could just get weed that was like when I was a kid, like the shit weed that <laughs> we used to, to find someone this shit, homegrown weed. weed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I read this article that said that like, and the article wasn't even about pot. It was about like, mostly about like tomatoes and stuff, but it was talking about how they, you know, when you, when you like, when you focus on certain aspects of a plant, whether it's the ripeness of a tomato or the THC and weed, and they focus on it singularly to breed that and to make that as strong as possible, you lose these, these other things that, that, and it, and it referenced, it was talking about marijuana and it said that there's this naturally occurring enzyme in marijuana that keeps you very calm and keeps you from going out of your head. Right. And they and bred it out of the plants. Right. But that right. must be what it is. But like all that stuff that people talk about, like when they like, Oh, I don't smoke pot because I get super paranoid or I get like weirded out. Yeah. Like the CBD counteracts that. Right. That's so gotta like, be what it is. And it's yeah. a natural thing that's in the plant, yes. right? And yeah. For and sure. Totally what it have is. like different levels of each. Right. And it's kind of that balance. It's like the indica but, versus sativa. Thing. Right. Exactly. Uh, like I'm coming level. back, man. I'm coming back to weed. <laughs> if you, I mean, I swear to God, if you live in LA like, for like two, <laughs> I mean, maybe two weeks, like you you'll be like start? well yeah. versed. But this, my like little, my little pen is 18 to 1. So it's 18 milligrams of CBD to 1 milligram THC. I mean... That's a that's, classy looking one too, by the way. What is that? It's a vape? It it's a vape. It's like a little vape vibe. All right. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's like very, very chill. So like I could take three hits of this and it's only three milligrams of THC, which is like not going to get anyone high. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, what do you... I mean, do you know about like milligrams, yeah. like dosage, I mean, like yeah. like a moderate smoker, like maybe five to seven milligrams. Yeah, like edibles, I usually like go from like five to like twenty five. Sure, oh, twenty five. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. We got. To, I <laughs> saw some in California. It was like a hundred, but it was cut into like fours. So oh each, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I would get that cushy punch stuff, like for actually just like for fun recreationally, and that's like. That gets you real high. Serious. Yeah. Um, I know I punished you about this last time we hung out. What? But I am so obsessed with Vice Principles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm on that show. I forgot. You are. And yeah, (laughs) and that's what we're talking about, which I think is so interesting that you were saying you guys shot the whole thing Uh a while ago. Yeah, like uh, like, uh, like t- almost two years ago. And that was in South Carolina? In Charleston. I'm going there on Friday, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What, I mean, do you like... With those guys for vacation. No way. Yeah. That's am- I mean, what was that sort of experience like working with Danny McBride and all those guys? It was incredible. I mean, like the whole deal for me was I was coming off of Cougar Town and I, you know, sort of didn't know career-wise what I wanted to do and people, you know, everybody has their ideas like in your life and... I think that a lot of people thought maybe I would just like try to get on like another network, excuse me, network sitcom and do that whole thing. 
I just didn't, it just didn't like really appeal to me. I wanted to do something kind of different. And then I heard that Danny McBride and Jody Hill and David Gordon Green had a new show they were doing for HBO. And I swear to God, I was like, I don't give a fuck what it is. I just want to be on that show. I didn't really know those guys. I'd met Danny personally a couple times and I'd met Jody Hill personally a couple times, but um, I just loved Eastbound so much and I thought it was so different and weird. And I think that like, Danny especially has like this really intuitive way into comedy that like a lot of people don't give him credit for how subversive and kind of genius the shit that he is doing is. Like I think he gets weirdly like not enough respect for the things that he's bringing to the table because he's really like shining... Am I getting too deep here? You guys, no. I haven't had any of my CBD yet. Um, <laughs> but he's, I feel like he's really like shining a light on, like he's really doing like at its best what art and comedy and we should be doing in television, which is like shining a light on the fucking the worst parts of this country and making fun of it. And weirdly, it's like the way that he does it, the people that he's making fun of relate, the people that, are, you know, looking at the people he's making fun of, like have empathy and then also relate. And I don't know. I just feel like it's, especially that show, Vice Principals, was so timely. And in terms of what's ended up happening in the last year with our election and our fucking country, um, I love the show. Like, I, I don't know. I think I thought it was so great. And I didn't care like what my part was, is my point, my whole yeah. overall point. And I love I loved the dynamic with your character and, the, and he's just such a dick to you guys all the time. I know. <laughs> it was really fun doing it. I've always prided myself too. Like I've worked in comedy for a long time and I've worked with really funny people and I have always kind of prided myself with the ability to not break and to not like, I don't know, like your shit's not that funny, dude. And... Everything Danny said, I would like, it was so hard for me. I would laugh so frequently in our takes and like ruin so many takes because he just like everything out of his mouth is fucking funny. Yeah. It's gold. Like he's so good. Um, And Jody Hill, like working with him as a director was really interesting. He and David Gordon Green have very different styles and approaches. And um, I found it really interesting to work with both of them. I actually ended up kind of working with David Gordon Green more because my character had more to do in the second season than I did in the first. But um, I found Jody to be like very intuitive and like um, kind of like he would sort of fly by the seat of his pants a little bit in terms of like what he wanted camera wise and from the actors and and David seemed a little bit more methodical and, and like um, and a little bit more... I don't want to say, re- yeah, maybe reserved is like a good word. Um, but it's interesting. I haven't watched the second season yet. It comes out, I believe, in September, but um, sometime in the fall. Um, but I certainly shot it and it is wild. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. What, do, have you seen the new Alien movie? I didn't see it yet. I haven't seen any movies. Yeah. Really? Oh, wait. I went and saw, I saw Zoe Lister Jones movie that she did because I, um, I'm friends with her and she wrote and directed and stars in this movie called Band-Aid and I wanted to support her. But other than that, I'm like, it's hard for me to get myself to a movie theater. Yeah. I don't know. You guys go see movies? I do. I, the other day I went and saw um, The Big Sick. Oh, how was it? It was so good. Yeah, I want to see it. It was really good. And then I do this thing. 
I didn't uh, see Wonder Woman. Did you see Wonder well, Woman? Well, afterwards, I actually snuck into a 3D screening of Wonder Woman. Um, and <laughs> How'd you I, get the glasses? So they recycle them on the way out. Yeah. So you can grab them on your way in. So just dirty glasses. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So so technically they weren't like gross. Someone else wore them for like two hours before that's me. That's pretty gross. But well, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I should probably save like $22 though. It's yeah, worth it for me. I mean, that's pretty great. Probably um, bed bugs now. Wait, you and I saw Snatched <laughs> together. We did see Snatched together. But we went to a screening. I mean, I do have to say like, like um, I got invited to a screening of Baby Driver a couple, like two weeks ago. And I wish I had gone to that. Really? I keep seeing that preview and it makes me not want to see it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. There's something... I had to say, I like Edgar Wright a lot. And um, I don't know. I heard him on Sirius. Like he did like a guest DJ gig on Sirius. I like the music that he chose for the movie. Really? He played it all on the okay. on the show. It sounded pretty dope. And like, I've seen a couple clips from press that those guys are doing. I don't know. It looks... I think it looks entertaining. Hmm. You, sh- you should see the big sick. I think you. I'm like gonna it. for sure. I really want to yeah, see yeah. the big sick. Doesn't that also? <laughs> this is like so. This is a whole other conversation. But doesn't that also just feel like a movie you could watch at home? Um, as far as like a uh, being a, like a cinematic experience, yeah. yes, yes. Like like Wonder Woman 3D. I kind of get like seeing it in the theater. I was just like, I'm impatient. I just want to watch it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, the Wonder Woman 3D was definitely more of like a like Wonder Woman or even Baby Driver maybe because yeah. of the music I and think the more action and the, movies yeah. lend themselves to that yeah yeah I don't I mean did you watch any of the Fast and the Furious movies no, no me neither no. I auditioned for the very first one really I went with my hair and cornrows guys I didn't get it I lost that to <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez but like you know I really committed to the audition and that's what's important yeah that yeah. is important like ultimately at the end of the day um, Union Square got an email today is doing a 3D screening of three Planet of the Apes movies in a row oh really yeah and I thought about going and then I was like this is gonna be one of those things where I buy tickets and I'm like this is gonna be like what's six hours what's so long it's yeah. six hours yeah that's too long they did one in Austin Alamo Draft House where they did every Fast and Furious and well, that's like, oh fucking genius. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and you got like a t-shirt if you sat through it or I something. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. That was like, I went to that like Matthew Barney, the Cremaster cycle. Do you remember that? No. Matthew Barney is like that artist, like yeah. the modern artist. Yeah. And a million years ago, I mean, it was probably like 22 or something. They released this like film that he made, the Cremaster cycle. And it was like seven it. hours long or something like that. My <laughs> boyfriend at the time and I got tickets at some art house in LA and went and sat through a fair portion of it. We did not sit through like seven hours of it. Oh my God. But is it like engaging enough? No, it was like super weird. <laughs> okay. And you're just like, I don't know what I'm watching. It's art, I guess? You were supposed Question to mark? maybe take some drugs, LSD before you went in. Maybe. I- oh, fuck. <laughs> How did we not talk about this? Speaking of which... <laughs> I did not take LSD, but I did get super high. And I went to Bjork Digital. What is Bjork Digital? Have you guys heard about this? No. no. So I guess it was in Iceland. And then they, the LA Philharmonic sponsored it, brought it to Los Angeles. It's a virtual reality Bjork experience. Where? <laughs> it's like an hour and a half long. And you have to wear goggles. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You wear goggles. <laughs> but you go through different you go through different like booths and different Bjork experiences where you put on different goggles. But basically 
it starts you off like pretty slow. And then, and she's like designed this whole thing with like all of her frequent video collaborators, like all those bros. I don't know, the cool guys, um, Michelle Gondry and like whatever. And you go into the first room and it's like you're surrounded by, it's you're in pitch black and you're surrounded by like 70 speakers all around you and then two huge screens. And you're with, I would say like 25 other people and they start, she plays the video and on either side of the room, there are two giant screens on either side of the room. It's a different video. So like you look one side and it's one thing, you look the other side and depending on where you move in the room, the speaker's you hear kind of different things. Wait, now wait, is this a real screen or is this a virtual screen? No, these are real screens. Right. That's the first oh, round. Saw something you like this at MoMA a few years ago. This is like it the, was like last year. Like yeah, is it was, was it, it Bjork Digital? Thing? It was the Bjork. It was like a Bjork installation. But then maybe she's taking it one step further because yeah. then after that installation, then they like then they take you and you go into this room and there are like twenty five stools with virtual reality headsets on yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. Was and you here. sit on the stools. You put the headsets on and you put the headphones on and then you're inside a Bjork music video <laughs> with Bjork. <laughs> and then so you go through like two music videos on that on those stools and you kind of like you turn and you spin around on the stool it is wild and then you get up they like you know it's over whatever you go to another room there's more virtual re- reality um and the first one was so crazy and that's when i got that's when i was really high and you're like <laughs> and you're like in space with bjork and it goes like through hyperspace. And I did have a moment where I was like, have you guys done virtual reality? No. A little bit. You have? Yeah. Did you find it to be like crazy? I was like, I did it blown with like my away. friend had like the Samsung phone one. So I don't know if that was like, like in a, like a little cardboard yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You have to go to like a virtual reality experience place. Like I know they have them in the city, they have them in LA now. But this Bjork thing was fucking nuts. So anyway, so you're like going through space with Bjork. And I did have a moment where I was like, oh, this is where I live now. Like, I'm here. <laughs> like, I live I live here. And then I had to remember, like, oh, you could just take the goggles off. You don't live here. Um, but then the third installation that they take you to, your stand, and you're still on a stool in those second one, too. Then they take you to the third, the last one, the final one, and you're standing. And they give you these little, like, joysticks that you're holding in either hand. And inside the virtual reality, the joysticks correspond to like hands. So you have hands in the virtual reality and you can like reach out and grab these ribbons that are coming from like a virtual reality Bjork vagina. You guys, (laughs) it is bonkers. And then the craziest part, and this is the part that blew me away, is this like weird virtual reality Bjork who's like animated, gets up and starts walking towards you and she's getting bigger and bigger and you feel like, oh God, she's gonna walk through me. She's going to fucking walk through me. And you're in the you're in the thing and then she does and you feel it. Like you feel it oh, in your so body. Fucking weird. <laughs> and everyone I talked to, look, I was high. But other people that I talked to who were not high felt the same way. They were like, yeah, when she walks through you, you feel it. Like something like, like you get, like you have to catch your breath because it's re- it feels so... Jonah, you're just like staring at me. You no, think no, no, I've no. like lost my mind. No, 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 no. It Jonah, sounds amazing. Jonah's really high right now. It's, I'm not. But. So 
cool. It's like the craziest thing I've ever experienced. Do something? No, no one's doing it. No, no one's doing anything to you. You, Psychologically, you you feel the thing walk through you. The like Mm. this computer animated giant Bjork walk through you. That's both very cool sounding and frightening. It was. I found it to be both of those things as well. Yeah, the experience was rad. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. and you were like fully, and you're fully immersed in the Bjork. The only thing I would say is that I think they probably for health reasons or whatever, they don't let you turn the volume on the music up as loud as I would like. Like, I would like it super fucking loud. Yeah. Sensory overload. Yeah. It's, like, not that loud. They should have, like, a waiver or something. <laughs> right, like, I could sign a waiver. Yeah, like, like my, I don't care. Listen, my hearing's already <laughs> fucked. I've been going to concerts since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so wanted- is this in LA, this install? It was. It's gone now. Oh. It'll it was come, there only it'll, for it'll a short... Come back. Period of time. I I feel like we can look online and we can find out. I wanted to ask our so we have another host, Steven, and he couldn't make it today. He had traffic. But come on, Steven. (laughs) He has twin daughters and I had a question for you. Yeah. And he made a video of it. (gasps) What do you say? Um Are you gonna play it into your microphone? Yeah, I'm gonna play it into the microphone, but then I'll show it to you because his kids are so cute. How old are they? Put it up by her mic so she can see it. <laughs> okay, I think that's it. Um, okay, thanks, Kate and Emily, for the question. <laughs> Kate and Emily, yeah, those are such. Those are the names. Those are two of my best friends in oh, real yeah? life. Yeah, no way. Yeah, my friend Kate, my best friend Kate, and my best friend Emily. Um, I got to do an episode of Yo Gabba Gabba many years ago, but it still plays. Like kids shows don't ever stop airing. Um. It was so fun. It was super fun. I wanted to do it because my daughter was a big fan at the time. And uh, and the guys reached out and the Yo Gabba Gabba guys reached out. And I was like, yes, I will do whatever. I don't know. It was really fun. Have you done a lot of the children's stuff? or No, not so much. Just like Yo Gabba Gabba and is that it? Yeah, maybe that's it. I asked to do Sesame Street a couple years ago when Cricket was really into Sesame Street and they like rejected me. I guess I wasn't famous enough, but... Um, they wouldn't show you the way to get to Sesame Street. Whatever, Sesame Street, <laughs> fine. Not Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I guess. Okay. Um, but, um, no, he's delightful. I mean, I just... I'm not as famous as him, I guess. Um, but yeah, Yo Gabba Gabba was like really fun. No, I haven't done too many things that like... I feel like are appropriate for my babies to see. I don't think my little one really knows what I do. Yeah. Yeah. My older daughter how old are you, does. How old? But my baby and is not quite a baby. She turns four on Saturday. Okay. And then my older daughter turns nine in August. So soon. She'll be nine. But she's like very savvy. Yeah. Um, she's a real LA kid. It's like <laughs> terrifying to me. Does she have a cell phone? No, 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 no. How old are kids when they get cell phones? I mean, now. Yeah. <laughs> Some kids have them now. I mean, it just depends. I mean, I get it a little bit because um, for safety or whatever when kids live in big cities. Um, but I mean, she's just like very aware of the world and of adults. And she's been around a lot of adults since she was a baby. And um, she's aware of like the industry of Hollywood, like what people do for a living. So my husband is also a, works in 
Hollywood. You know, he's a writer and director and stuff. So I don't know. She's just like very savvy in a way. And I try to like keep her not cynical and I try to explain to her how cool it is. <laughs> just like the last thing you want to hear from your fucking mom is like, do you know how exciting it all is? She's like, Ugh. mom, it's not exciting at all. You're the worst. Um, yeah, she's she's interesting though. We'll see. It's <laughs> great. Do you have anything? I, I feel like you're taking all these notes. You bro. do? Yeah. She's very cool. She's very sweet though. Wouldn't call her savvy, but no, she's smart and she picks up things. Yeah. They notice subtleties, you know, Yeah, that you don't expect them to. Got to be careful. Yeah. Birdie's like always been the kid that's like said really weirdly deep things to adults that like maybe she doesn't even fully understand the implications of. Like we had this friend of ours who's a little bit younger than us and like we saw her at a restaurant. Birdie was probably like five and a half or six at the time. We saw this girl at a restaurant and she had just broken her arm in some biking accident. And she was explaining to us about the biking accident and how it had happened. And Birdie was kind of quiet with her old chin on her fist looking up at the girl. And then she, there was a pause in the conversation and Birdie goes, you hurt yourself a lot. <laughs> and I swear to God, the girl like welled up with tears and was like... I do. I do, Birdie. I hurt myself a lot. Like, you know, like, it really, like, cut to the core of, like, who this person was. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. I fucking hurt myself a lot. How did you know that? Um, But she's, like, always been that kid. Like, like, her teachers at school will say to us, like, I just want to know what Birdie thinks about me. I'm like, what? No, you can't feel like you don't. You should not want to know that. Like, it doesn't matter. She's a kid, but she's tough. She's a tough customer. She's she's not she's not sweet. Like, I, I wouldn't cons- like. I mean, she's. I mean, she's a lot of things. Everybody's not one thing, but like, I wouldn't describe her as like a very sweet kid. Like, okay. she's like tougher than that. Like, right. she's my little one's very sweet and like very thoughtful of other people and like Birdie's more skeptical. She's always been very skeptical of people. Ever since she was a baby, like in her little stroller, strangers would come up to like coo at her and she would give them the side eye. Like she just <laughs> like has always been skeptical. Does she have like a little mini trampoline she works out on? No, but she does come with me sometimes yeah. to my workouts. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, mom, your workouts are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> or I dyed, you know, I dyed my hair pink two weeks ago, and my so it was it was pink for a few weeks, and she was like, oh, "Mom, why? Why do you need your hair pink? Why do you need your hair pink?" I'm like, "I don't. I don't. I don't need my hair pink. What? Why are you judging me?" Like, she's okay. Whatever. She's she's gonna give me a run for my money. What does she I think. think of you? Yeah, I mean that's the truth. <laughs> I think she, you know, it's complicated for her. I think she thinks a lot of things about me, you know? <laughs> we'll see. Are you, um, so are you here like promoting stuff or just like doing your thing? Just promoting the <laughs> yeah. brand of me? Yeah. No, <laughs> no. I, they asked me to co-host with Ryan while Kelly Rippa was on vacation. Gotcha. So I did that. Okay. And um, I'm doing a job tomorrow for Pampers pull-ups, which actually I should like go home and look over <laughs> what I'm supposed to say. Um, about like helping parents potty train and um, doing like a diaper drive for diaper donations for charity. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you're good with like 
that it seems like all the branding stuff like it's you're good with that stuff i feel like i'm so bad at it yeah well you get a lot of offers from pampers and stuff, I, it's like pampers won't leave me alone <laughs> and i'm like dude i don't even have kids <laughs> i try to like honestly i get like offered that stuff and i get offered quite a bit of it and it's such good money and it is i just sort of went on a rant a couple months ago about it like I do feel like um, it's such bullshit that actors or celebrities or artists get get put on blast for doing these kinds of partnerships because truthfully, like all we're doing really in creating television or content for anything is creating space in between ads. And like if the general public doesn't understand that, they're fucking stupider than I thought. And so what's the difference between By the way, between, they are stupider than I, by the way, they, and 100% they are. But like what's the difference between me being on Cougar Town or me actually taking the money directly from these brands sure. and promoting them? Like there is no difference. Like part of what I do as an artist is I have to trade on it in order to make money to put my kid into private school. And so like I'm I'm well aware of that arrangement and I'm okay with it and like for me the deal is like I just have to find things that I feel like make sense and aren't super embarrassing and don't make me want to like cringe too much, you know? But like as long as that's part, you know, it's all part of the deal. I just don't get I don't get it when people are like, "Ugh, I can't believe that so-and-so is hawking and it's like so it's so elitist too because there's so many like so jennifer lawrence can like hawk dior but i can't hawk pampers like go fuck yourself like of course like we can you know we all have to make money pampers haven't you what i've used a lot of pampers there you go that was the craziest thing we're still using them by the way my (laughs) my my little one like um the soon to be four-year-old will not go to sleep at night without a pull-up she's like afraid which is fine. Just in her own time. She'll be fine. That was the craziest thing about that Kathy Griffith thing when they're like, and she lost her Squatty Potty endorsement. And I was like, they have an endorsement for that? <laughs> Wait, they do? Yeah. That was like a big thing. That was like one of her big... This is maybe the wrong audience because I'm sitting here with three dudes. But like my only dream in my endorsement life, and I've said this to my agent, maybe if I say this on this podcast, it'll get back to somebody. It probably will. Is um, I really want to endorse the period underwear thinks. Okay. You guys, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I know. I know one of the found one of the founders of that you guys. Company. So I just <laughs> made really? it happen. So I literally yeah. just made it happen for real. Well, she you let work, she used to work at this company. You let her know that <laughs> I, I am will. when they're ready for a celebrity spokesperson. I'm ready to be that celebrity they had spokesperson. Some of the best subway ads. Yes, I oh, love their subway ever. ads. Like the best, and it was all done in house. They didn't hire any agencies to do anything. Their stuff has been pretty wild, though, I would say, across the board. Like, their marketing and all their... They've gotten into some trouble. They've gotten some shit recently, but... but, Well, she got, like, the... Is that your friend? No. Oh, the other girl. Got into some, like, sexual harassment vibes. Yeah, some bad... Yeah. You gotta be careful, man. Yeah. I don't know her personally, so I... Yeah. I just read the article on Jezebel, so I feel like I know. That was a great read. Yeah. But, um... But I do love those underwear. <laughs> I'll put in a good word. Yeah, thanks, I guess, thanks, guys. I guess Steve isn't as much of a bro as he thought. Huh? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> You're like Mac DeMarco, but also period underwear. <laughs> You're like, I go always. Um, <laughs> another brand. Yeah, another brand, man. I don't know. Like I, yeah. So I'm into the I'm into the partnerships with brands, and you know, I have like a fairly sizable Instagram presence, and I'm willing to 
to use that to my advantage yeah. as well. What's yeah. I mean, what's the argument against it? Like, it's like the sanctity of like your the art, sanctity. The purity well, that's of your what's art. like so frustrating <laughs> to me is like people on Instagram, like, how do I take you seriously? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You think this is my life? Like, really? <laughs> you think that I'm sharing with you everything? Like, I'm the most like you're the most authentic voice on Instagram. Am I? Because let me show you the other eighty seven percent of my life. Right. Because that's not what I'm putting on fucking Instagram. Sorry. Like, I don't understand people. Like, how do how does anyone? I guess it's like, you know, when that thing came out, they're like, the NSA is always listening to your phone calls and your emails or whatever. I always assumed that someone was listening to my emails and my phone calls. Yeah, I never thought anything was private. Totally. Right. You know, it's the same way. Like, I don't think anything on the internet's real. I'm always shocked when people do think it's real. Totally. Right? Yeah. Totally. Now, you're, you're, you're correct. Right. I'm correct. I, I know, know I'm how correct. you voted in the last election. You know how I voted? I bet I do. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do, too. I bet the NSA definitely knows. Oh, 100%. <laughs> also, the fact that I was like a surrogate for Hillary Clinton would be <laughs> a, good, a good tell. Um, but yeah, like I guess people I guess people think for some reason that like Instagram or Twitter or something is supposed to be some sort of sacred spot where you're not supposed to like promote stuff. Otherwise, you're... Or like, or there are just like certain rules that people have just constructed in their own brains about what you're supposed to promote or how you're supposed to promote it. I don't know. Um, I mean, I do, I like will say this, that I do try to keep it a little bit in line with, like, I'm not the one that's hawking, you know, waist trainers and fit tea. You know what I mean? Like, that's not really on brand. Or like, if you watch like, like when all this stuff was happening with Alex Jones, I checked out some of his stuff and it's like, check out this supplement that it's like, and you're Uh, like, dude, come on. Like, (laughs) buy gold. Yeah. Oh, Alex Jones. But like so many, so much stuff is being marketed to you on social media that you don't even know about. Yeah. Right. They're trying to like crack down on that. Yeah. There's no way to do it. I don't think, I don't think there really is either. Well, I guess they could do like some sort of thing. Who? I guess. The government? Who's going to do it? (laughs) The NSA? Who's it going to be? I always do feel like... Hashtag (laughs) ad. And whenever I do get an Instagram ad, it's always is like the sketchiest looking thing ever. Where it's like a bootleg or like... (laughs) Do you guys think your phones are listening to you? Definitely. Yeah, I had a really... It's Apple, Apple, right? I had a really, like, crazy couple weeks of, like, my... Oh, my phone is 100% listening to me every time. Because you're being targeted? Yeah, like, my... Like... Like, I was at dinner with some people talking about going on vacation to Cabo. And that night, not only in my personal email inbox, but also on my Instagram... And like Facebook, it was like all ads for hotels in Cabo. Like uh, the, it was crazy. And that was the night where I was like, oh, I have to shut everything off. Like this is insane. I got like two emails, two emails. And then on Instagram, it was like hotels.com, find the best deals in Cabo. Like fucking nuts. I wonder if it's going to happen again because my phone's right here. <laughs> Let's see. Let's, are you getting Spare all these? It. You're just going to get so many Cabo stuff. Yeah. Right now. Cabo is kind of delightful, though, guys. You're yeah. on the East Coast. You don't know. No, we don't. That's where Sammy Hagar? Yes, that's where okay. Cabo Wabo. Do you know Sammy Hagar? No, but... Okay. I was hoping you did. I know people that know Sammy yeah. Hagar. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> um, I do know a lot of people. I really do know a well, lot of Well, you've been in the business a long time. I've been in the business a long time, and I also, like, um, I'm out a lot. Yeah. 
I'm not like a person that stays home. Really? No. I feel like I go, I alternate. Sometimes I just can't go out. Yeah. I do feel you, that. Do you feel like you're, you're generally like pretty social? Yeah. I would say I'm social like, mm, <laughs> yeah, like 90% of the week. Yeah. I'm out. It's a good way to stay busy. I like to stay busy. I mean, it's a good way to, you know. Avoid your keeping life. People's, <laughs> no, you're keeping people's oh, wait, what? minds. <laughs> Did I say that? That's why um, you keep getting jobs. Oh, I don't know if that. Somebody once said to me, I've never met anyone at night that's helped me during the day. And I like sort of <laughs> appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that saying. That's I believe that too. I don't think that like. But don't you feel like you've run into people that are like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm working on this new thing. I didn't think about it. You'd be good. For I it. feel like that definitely happens to me. Yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'll be at a show and people will be like, oh, you like these guys? I work for the label. They need like a bio. Yeah. Can you write uh, it? And I'm like, yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. I, that doesn't happen for me. <laughs> but, um, I got one. I got like one independent movie because of that. But um, I don't know if that's anything to write home about. I don't know. You're staying in people's consciousness the I'm, same way that yeah. you know advertisements are kind of in your consciousness. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's true. I don't know though. Do you want to go to Cabo? Oh, I love Cabo. <laughs> I really love that. What do you, I mean? You're already sort of like living in like paradise basically aren't you in los angeles yeah. oh jonah always... what do you think of la you guys I mean, are just so like, sad here I mean, just like weather wise it's <laughs> yeah, always it's really nice. nice it's really nice there um and we have a pool and yeah yeah i feel like california people in california are always like i gotta go on vacation somewhere we do we <laughs> go on vacation like, all the time my aunt lives in la jolla like she has a house uh, palm, in palm springs, springs. <laughs> everybody goes to palm springs oh my God. we go to ojai all the time we go to palm springs <laughs> santa barbara it's true why do people people want to get the fuck out of la yeah. I don't know. It is a little, it can be a little oppressive. Sometimes sunshine's a little oppressive. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's not. Totally like, oppressive. Yeah. I, I only li- I lived you out there it. for a year and I used to have to <laughs> shut the, I just have to pull the drapes. I couldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's oppressive. Yeah. I, I, it was. It was just every it day is. the same fucking weather. I remember standing outside with uh, like one of my daughter's friend's moms like a year and a half ago or something. And we were just standing in the sunshine talking as our girls were like finishing their play date. She was going to take her kid home. And we were standing there and all of a sudden I just looked at her and I was like, is this how the world ends? Just like (laughs) us standing in this never ending fucking sunshine. And she's like, yeah, I kind of feel like this is the end. Like this is it, right? Like it just felt like... And we were. It's like that scene from Terminator. Yes, so surreal. Yeah, it just felt very <laughs> surreal. Like I have a lot of really surreal moments in LA. Always. It's a surreal place. It is. I have a lot of Sims moments there. Like a lot of like singularity and Sims. You think you, you, how do you feel about simulation theory? Oh, I mean, like a hundred percent on board. <laughs> you don't know this about me? No, I don't know from, this about you. From Instagram? No, I talk about it a lot. Really? Yeah. Uh-oh. I like. Hundred percent believe in simulation theory. It's brought me so much comfort. Yeah, it's my religion. Obviously, <laughs> I have no real religion, so I just like believe that brings me the comfort that obviously people who have religion get from like God or Jesus or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to it because I don't have it. But like, I I find great comfort in the fact that we're sim- a simulation. Yeah, I mean, it makes the stakes seem a little or like puts things in perspective. Yes, exactly. But the singularity thing is also interesting because have you been finding that to be true, especially recently? 
Like the like, Ray, the curls breakers well, like the twenty like us merging with machines. Yeah, us merging with machines and merging with one another and like people having like the exact same thoughts at the exact same moments in time or like people I don't know, like I've just found especially <laughs> weirdly since November <laughs> of last year <laughs> that like things are just happening at the same time. Like I'll be thinking of a particular thing that then is I don't even know how to, I mean, it's singular. I don't even know how exactly to explain it in a real way. Um, I should be able to cite better examples, but I can't. But like, I feel like it's a thing. I feel like singularity is a thing. Yeah. I mean, if the world, I mean, that that thing is like, yeah, we're either going to merge with machines or we're going to like destroy everything before we get to that point. Yeah. I feel like we might, I mean, it was so funny. Like a couple of years ago, I went to this doctor in LA that everybody talks about. Well, not everybody, but it's he's like a very well-known, renowned physician guy that you pay a lot of money to and you go and he takes all your blood and does all this work up on you. And then you go and you sit with him for a couple hours and he like downloads all the information and tells you everything about like what you need and what you possibly could get sick from and how you're going to prevent it. It's all preventative medicine, all this bullshit. And I went to see him Mostly because I like wanted to lose 15 pounds and I felt like that would be the way to do it. Um, Because I always want to lose 15 pounds. Um, I won't be happy until someone thinks I'm ill. Um, And uh, ill because I'm so skinny. Um, and, And so I got like my blood work done and like did the whole thing. And I went in for my evaluation with him or his break, the breakdown. And he started talking to me about AI. Like, like probably like 15 minutes into our breakdown of my blood work and like my possible genetic, you know, diseases in my future, whatever. He starts talking to me about AI. And in my head, I was like, is this a trick? Like, is he doing like a psych evaluation on me right now? And he wants to see where I'm at. He didn't stop talking about AI. He was like, you know, busy in the near future. I mean, Birdie could bring home AI. And she's going to say, you know, this is the person, this is who I'm in love with and it's AI and you have to get on board with it. And I'm telling you guys, it went on for such an inordinate like amount of time that I was like, this guy's got to be fucking with me. But I didn't know, he's so well respected and and I didn't know what to do. I was just like, yeah, no, that's going to happen. Like that is for sure. Yeah, her dad and I have talked about it. Like it's like I like went full You went in. I went in. I went in. I love it. And then I left and I called my friend who's been to him for years and I was like, "Yeah, so it was good." And you know, he said that I should like probably not eat chicken anymore and like um I should take these vitamins and then like you know, he like got into the whole thing about AI and she was like there was like a pause and she's like what are you talking about? No. I was like, <laughs> you know, like how he like talks to you about AI for like an hour. And she's like, no, that has never happened or come up. So I still don't know what it was or like why he brought it up it with me. Test. He was testing you. You think he was? Yeah. But like, I'm kind of, maybe he knew I was like kind of on board with it. He's part of the, <laughs> maybe he's part of the Sims. Oh, <gasps> Is this the right place to bring up my theory? Yes. This is definitely the right place to bring up your theory. I can't take full credit for it because I did develop it with my friend Kelly Oxford and my friend Jen Gotch. 
We were talking about Sims theory. We were talking about singularity. We were talking about the election, about the Cubs winning, about the Oscars, about all the fuck ups, the glitches in the matrix that have been happening in the last year. And even the, the playoffs, like all this stuff. Oh, the football, um, the football thing. What's, what's that called? The Super Bowl. (laughs) Um, okay. So we think there has to be like a common denominator, someone, something that was present at all of these events. And the closest I've come to thinking of who it could possibly be. And maybe these people are like terminators. Maybe they're sent from the future. Maybe they're from within the system. I think it's John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. (laughs) Guys, think about it. First of all, they're like perfect looking in a way that's like, not real. Secondly, they're sort of similar looking. That's maybe in the first part. Secondly, can anyone pinpoint the exact moment that they came into the public's consciousness? Because I cannot. <laughs> All of a sudden they were here and they were worldwide famous fucking huge celebrities. That's a good point. And like hugely famous. And like we just know that he's like the hugest artist of all time and that she's like the hugest supermodel of all time. But where were they pre like five years ago? Do you you know about the uncanny Valley? No. So John legend kind of gives me that vibe. It's a thing called the uncanny Valley, Uh which is like where some, it's like you recognize it, Yes, but there's just something off. So like droids, you guys, they're droids. (laughs) I'm telling you. They could be. Like, I love John, them. John Legend lived in my neighborhood when I lived in the East Village. Exactly. And He did? Yeah. He has this crazy place there. I don't know if he still is there, but I was, I go to this place, like, I had a P.O. box, and he was there once. <gasps> and he walked past me, and, like, like you're saying, like, his skin, like, up close. Doesn't I was make like, sense. It doesn't yeah, make sense. I was like, it's so perfect that I was like, you, yeah. you look like... It would look like a mannequin or something. That's right. Exactly. Because like you guys, I just need to know valley. one thing. Have you discussed this before when your phone was in the room? Because <gasps> oh my god, I haven't. But do you think it's possible that there are like terminators <laughs> among us? We'll find out. <laughs> Did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica? No. You should watch it because this is like basically what it's a big. Do part you guys of think it. that like I'm secretly super into sci-fi? That I just don't know it because I've never watched any sci-fi. But like, well, truthfully, like yes. this yes. is like all the stuff that I subscribe to is sci-fi. Yeah, you are 100 percent into sci-fi. Yeah. If you don't watch it, you would love it. You yeah. would be so I, like, into I'm, it. Definitely. <laughs> I'm missing like a whole thing in yeah. my life. Yeah, I'm just making up my pen. own sci-fi about like John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, which like. I'm sure they're, you know, great people. I just, I don't know. I think they could also be Terminators. He's <laughs> like what if too, they were? He's too good. Also. Yeah. They're too good. He's too I just, good of a piano player. That's too right. Too good of a singer. That's right. Yeah. They're too and good. And a little bit soulless at the same time. They're too yeah. perfect. Exactly. They're both too perfect. And I'm I think, on board with it. Okay. I'm glad you guys are on board yeah. with the theory. What I've the, never voiced it publicly. I'm wanna, a little <laughs> nervous about the blowback from it. Yeah. I just want to thank you for committing us all to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to, any of us going to make We're it We're not going to be studio. able to release this probably. <laughs> we'll get killed before it even comes out. I just out. think it's interesting. Like people talk about like their, like the conspiracy theory is about like the Illuminati or whatever like I don't think it's like Illuminati I really think it's like Terminator Neo style like the last sci-fi thing I saw clearly was the Matrix (laughs) but like (laughs) 
I'll watch Battlestar Galactica. Maybe I'll maybe watch I'll it. Watch that. the remake, not not the original, but the one they did. Like the t- you know, yeah, the seventies one is like seventies one is hard to watch. No, yeah. the one, the one, like the one that the finished like five or six years yeah. ago. Yeah, it's great. MacGyver's in it, right? Katie Sackoff is Katie in it. Katie Sackoff yeah, is in yeah, it. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, she's great, right? I love her. Yeah, yeah, she and I know each other. Only because years and years and years ago, we tested against each other for some part. And I feel like we kind of look similar. Yeah, I can see it a little bit. And we tested against each other for a TV show and she got it. I did not. And I was always like super salty about it. But like, um, I really do like her. Every time I've seen her since, she's been great. Great. It's hard not to be like brutal when when you have not lost a part to someone. I'm always like a little salty. (laughs) I try not to be. I try to be like happy for everyone. There's room for everyone, but one door closes, a window opens, whatever the fuck. But like, it's hard. It's hard in my life. Yeah. Can't be perfect. (sighs) I try. I try, Brad. I really try. All right, let's give it up for Busy Phillips. Let's go get a margarita. Yes. Uh, So Busy, you can catch her in Vice Principals, um, the best show on television ever. You can, maybe not ever, but it's (laughs) one of my favorites of the last few years. Uh, You can also check out her podcast, We're No Doctors on Feral Audio, and uh, you should follow her on Instagram. Uh, She has an incredible Instagram account. We talk about it. Um, She uh, posts a lot of videos of herself talking. Uh, It's very entertaining. She has 661,000 followers. Wow. So... uh, She's definitely going to get over a million with this plug. (laughs) This is going to get her at least uh, (laughs) 339,000 followers. Oh, yeah. But yeah, check out, check out, um, check out We're No Doctors. And then if you haven't seen Freaks and Geeks yet, obviously, come on. Yeah. What are you you doing? And White Chicks. And White Chicks. (laughs) Yes. Cougar Town, I'm not as familiar with. Obviously, if you see Busy, you go up and tell her how much you liked White Chicks. Yes. <laughs> tell her tell her how much you like this episode of Going Off Track as well. Yeah, actually, make it this make Going Off Track the new White Chicks that'll for be Busy. Like, that'll be a cool icebreaker because probably people come up to her all the time and say they love White Chicks. Probably no one. Right. You could be the first person to be like, oh, yeah, I heard you on Going Off Track. Oh, that would be impressive. Yeah. She'll probably buy you a margarita. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Busy will definitely buy you a margarita if you tell her you listen to her on Going Off Track. Um, if you want to donate, like we said, we're trying to prop up the Venmo account. It's uh, Venmo.com at off track. Brad Worrell will come up as a confirmation, whatever you're comfortable with. But we are probably going to try to start coming up with some cool incentives for people that uh, donate more. Um, and, uh, either directly or maybe through Patreon or something like that. But, um, yeah. And you can also donate through the website com. if you want to donate via PayPal or something. Um, yeah, anything else? Anything else? Um, yeah, I wanted to say, like I said earlier, I have another podcast. Is this weird promoting my other podcast on this podcast? No, dude, do it. It's because I only feel like it's because it, it's really an offshoot of this podcast in a way because uh, it's with Emil Amos and uh, Emil was a guest on Going Off Track a lot. Me and Emil decided... He was one of our favorite guests, so we decided to do our own podcast. It's called Drifter Sympathy. We've done, I guess, like two quote-unquote seasons, and we have a third season coming out in October. I think we've recorded it. I'm not sure. We I like go over emails once every couple weeks, <laughs> and we have these really long. It's sort and of he a, does a lot of posts on. He them does too. a ton of posts. He re, so basically like 
I go over there and he has like a story he wants to tell from like his childhood. And so he tells it and they're always just super crazy and interesting and detailed. And then we sort of talk about it for a long time and always, and we end up talking about like dying and like drugs or whatever. <laughs> and then he edits in on tour. He's in like 19 bands. He's in Grails, Ohm, Holy Sons, Last and Champagne. So he ends up editing in all this music and weird sound effects. And uh, it's really cool. Um, it's definitely like, it's kind of hard to explain, but if you're interested in checking it out, it's on Feral Audio. It's called Drifter Sympathy. There's a bunch of episodes um, and we have some more episodes coming out next month if you're interested in that. And that's it. That's all I have to say. And it's okay. also on Feral Audio, which is what Busy's podcast is on. Check out this podcast. Check it out. Check out our podcast next week when we are back. Is that That's like a weird way to end it. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back. Don't worry, kids. <laughs> don't worry. It's not over, man. Don't worry. It's not over. Thanks, Busy. We'll see you next week. Yeah.